If you've been doing the best you can to stay healthy and be happy, even as you manage all the stress and chaos of your busy life, you'll be interested to hear exactly why your body and maybe your whole life seem to be falling apart anyway. My guest today is Cheryl Carroll, an integrative health practitioner and coach who specializes in autoimmune conditions like thyroid health, adrenal dysfunction, chronic inflammation, and even perimenopause. She and I are going to dive in to the topic of holistic health so that you can walk away from this episode with very clear action steps as well as motivation to grab the low-hanging fruit in terms of changes so that one year from now, you will look back on today as a sliding door moment where a shift in your perspective of what it takes to be happy and healthy altered the trajectory of your entire life. My name is Colleen Cashman. I'm a sober-ish recovery coach, helping high-achieving women get emotionally sober so that drinking less or not at all feels like a superpower. Join me each week for evidence-based holistic strategies to regulate your brain chemistry and nervous system and also develop a growth mindset so you can feel proud, confident, and resilient with or without a drink in your hand because it's not about the alcohol. Before we dive into today's episode, if you're drinking 10 or more drinks per week and realize that your high tolerance for alcohol is actually undermining your willpower to drink less when you want to, but you have no desire to quit drinking because alcohol is part of your culture and drinking makes you happy, you will want to attend my free brain training this week on mindful drinking. Because if you want to continue having a healthy relationship with alcohol, you need to educate yourself on how to use it properly before it becomes a problem so that you don't get trapped in the cycle of addiction. Because alcohol is addictive to everyone. It's not personal, it's a drug. So if your goal is to enjoy drinking in moderation for the rest of your life, Pause this episode and get into the show notes to register for Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. I promise you, this is worth your time. Had I had access to this information as a daily drinker, I would have never ended up saying that I have to quit forever and going to AA and working the 12 steps and redefining my past and my future based on my problems with alcohol. And while I have no regrets on spending three years completely sober and doing the work to address my own unmet needs and learning how to set boundaries and doing all the things that come along with having your brain back, I have no regrets for that. At the same time, I also got really sidetracked by the story of addiction and sobriety and recovery. And ultimately, it really held me back because it's two sides of the same coin. For years and years, I enjoyed drinking. And even though I can look back and say, for sure I could have drank less, overall, I was happy and healthy and productive. And the bottom line is, I was just operating on bad information. 
And the more I drank and the worse I felt, the more I blamed myself. I had no idea that alcohol is an addictive drug and that what was happening in my brain and to my mental health and to my relationship with myself was a completely normal process. And more importantly, a completely reversible process. But that's only true for people who have the right information. Going to AA and being indoctrinated by the ideas that I have alcoholism, even though I didn't drink anymore, and that having even one drink would kill me or at least send me to live in a van down by the river, kept me stuck in a cycle of shame and made me at a much higher risk of returning to addictive behaviors. You know, when you quit drinking because you think that you have a problem, that you are the problem, you quit because of shame, right? Well, the longer you don't drink, the better you feel. I mean, that's just like predictable, normal, basic biology. And so the longer I was sober, the more I began to question this whole story that I'm an alcoholic. And I began to wonder, why can't I just have a drink? But because I had allowed myself to be indoctrinated by the religion that is sobriety and a cult of identity and personality, when I did reintroduce alcohol, I had another obstacle and hill to overcome. Because as I teach my clients, this isn't a drinking problem, it's a thinking problem. And the mistake most people make is that they do stop drinking, but then they go into this cult of sobriety and they don't stop thinking about alcohol. They don't stop defining themselves as alcohol. They are drinkers who can simply no longer drink. That's why I say it's two sides of the same coin, because you're still playing the alcohol game. And while I was able to successfully reintroduce alcohol into my life with it being absolutely no problem, I don't think about it all the time. I don't have to pace myself or count or measure. I don't even think about it. If I want it, I say yes. My hand just puts it down when I'm done. Like that is the result most people want, right? And yet when people get into the weeds with alcohol and realize they're struggling to control themselves, they start thinking they just don't have the ability to stop after one, that's what puts them into this cycle of yo-yo sobriety where, you know, you drink your face off through the holidays and then you go completely cold turkey in January and then you deprive yourself and you feel like you're being punished and then you earn your right to drink again and then you slowly slide back into old patterns and it just keeps going and going and going. If you want to interrupt that cycle, you have to realize that cycle is occurring in the mind. It has nothing to do with alcohol. And that is what I do as a coach is help people understand this is a thinking problem and that changing your mindset will forever free you from having to worry about alcohol or anything else. You know, as I watched my evolution of healing, as I stopped drinking, it was after I quit drinking, that then I started looking at other areas of my life where, you know, I was an all or nothing, go big or stay home sort of person. And I began to see and notice how I was starting to self-correct on my own. I was desiring balance. I didn't want to use substances or any other behaviors to change the way I feel it's so much easier to just go like right into the feeling and learn how to manage your emotions. I mean, like that's a freaking superpower. Not needing a drink, not needing a Xanax, not needing to blame other people in my life for the way I feel, like that's the superpower, right?
And that leads into the topic that we're talking about today in terms of holistic health. The way we approach healthcare in this country is just another form of addiction. It's another form of outsourcing our needs and our truth and believing that something outside of us knows better than what we know for ourselves. We are thinking in our heads that there's a right way to be and completely ignoring the reality of the experience we're living in. In truth, our bodies are divinely designed to to function and to handle stress and to complete the stress cycle and to stay in balance, to heal. Humans have evolved over hundreds of thousands or millions of years, right? And so to think that some ideas of a certain generation, that somehow we've hacked the code on our biology is really kind of fucking insane. And it's also terrifying to let go of the idea that somebody else or something else can fix you. But if you step outside of the forest, stop staring at the tree in front of you, you'll realize that over your life, the more healthcare you've gotten, the more healthcare you need. The more you rely on substances and crutches to feel better in any given moment, the less well, the less independent, and the less autonomous you are. Y'all, I used to believe in better living through chemistry. And I can tell you, that didn't get me anywhere. Well, actually it did. It got me into AA meetings, and I spent a lot of money on doctors and medications. And over time, it was like a game of whack-a-mole with my health. You know, my gut health was off, my brain chemistry was off, my nervous system was a hot frickin' mess. And I was heading into, you know, the second half of my life almost disabled. And yet, here I was thinking I was doing everything right simply because I had bought into all the bad information we have out there about what truly makes you healthy and happy. And that's why my new official passion in life is to bring you episodes like this where you can listen to conversations with mind-blowing perspectives and then go back and look at your own life and realize, oh, there are things I can do. Oh, I don't have to settle for this subpar existence where I don't feel good, I don't look good, and I don't have the energy to do what I need and want to do in life. As I have been doing, I've divided my conversation with Cheryl today into two parts to make it easier for you to digest and integrate the information. Part one of this episode, you will hear Cheryl and I discussing what led us both into the ideas of holistic health, where we were getting it wrong, and why your internal environment, how you talk to yourself, what you believe about yourself, what you think is possible for you in your body in this moment, why that mindset is actually the foundation of your physical health. Because Everything you think and feel determines how you behave. The environment of your mind, your mindset, as well as the environment your physical body lives in, which of course includes your diet and includes your air quality and water quality and all of that, it is your environment that turns on and off your genes. That is the study of epigenetics. We don't dive really deep into this now, but I've got upcoming episodes where that concept is going to be more and more clear. So stick with me and you'll get there one episode at a time. 
So part one of this episode, we dive into big picture on holistic health, as well as the foundation pieces of the mindset that truly is your step one when you are dealing with any sort of chronic health issue. Then part two of this episode, Cheryl takes a deeper dive into some common conditions like rheumatoid arthritis and Hashimoto's and IBS and thyroid issues and adrenal issues and all of that. So just remember that the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. So take your time with part one, and then when you're ready, circle back and hit part two, and DM me on social media or send me an email if you have any follow-up questions, and I'll be sure to do a follow-up episode. Cheryl, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I'm really excited about this conversation. Your specialties ranging from thyroid and perimenopause and autoimmune and this, then nutrition and overall holistic health are really exciting. I know my audience is going to love hearing your story. Will you introduce yourself? Just tell the listeners who you are, what you do, and why you're doing it? Yes, of course. So I'm always somebody who's been, you know, the healthy one and really enjoyed fitness and all of that more from a, I guess, just a, you know, being in shape and, you know, feeling good in my body. But one of my very close friends who moved from South Africa to London to Australia with me was diagnosed with bowel cancer and she passed away. She was somebody who had shared this passion for health and nutrition and all of that, the, all of those kind of things. And that really shook me. I was just really blown away by this idea that somebody who was seemingly healthy could have this as their path. And so I was obviously filled with fear and I started to question, you know, I'm the healthy one, but do I actually know what it means to be healthy? And so that set me off on this path and, you know, my mission now is really to empower women to take control of their health so that they can step into their fullest potential because I feel like I've been able to make meaning of my friends passing because I've got this message now and this understanding that we can really support ourselves not to be in the path of dis-ease in the body if we really tune into what our body needs. I wrote and published a book on nutrition and what I realized I lacked as a skill set was coaching. There's a difference between teaching and helping someone find their own answers. Mm. And I also, prior to that time, didn't really understand holistic health. I understood Mm. organic and I understood, you know, unprocessed, but I didn't understand like the life wheel that they teach us where, you know, if, you, if you've got a, a spoke on your wheel of life and one of the categories isn't being, your needs aren't being met, you've got a flat tire and all the great nutrition in the world isn't going not, to fix yeah. that. I actually moved away from the prescriptive part of it and the labs because I got so in love with the mindset mm. and the coaching Let's stop and pause for a moment for the audience and just dive into what holistic means. 
as a healthy woman prior to truly understanding it, I would roll my eyes. If it said holistic on the package, I wasn't buying it because there clearly wasn't any drugs in it and it wasn't going to work. You know, like that was, I equated holistic health with, you know, all natural deodorant. Like I could just (laughs) waste my money on something else, you know, and here I am now, I haven't used aluminum on my armpits in 10 years and I wouldn't touch that. I'd stink before I'd use over the counter aluminum stuff, like no way. But talk to me a little bit about what holistic health is and what we're getting wrong about health because we don't understand holistic health. Yeah. So I would guess that people may have different definitions and everything, but I think, you know, for me, maybe we start off with what I define as healthy. So what I define as healthy is being able to show up consistently with the energy, the moods, the mindset for the things that are important to you in life, for the people who are important to you in life. And for me, it's actually like all of the pillars, you know, all the wheel, all the pillars or the spokes of the wheel need to be optimized in order for you to be able to do that. So, I mean, I can describe it in the context of the de-stress protocol, which is what, you know, Stephen Cabral's pillars are, because that really captures it. It's the nutrition, obviously getting the right nutrition for your body, for your phase of life, because it changes. Secondly, exercise. So the right exercise for you, for your current situation, for your phase of life. And, you know, and I keep exaggerating that because our needs change, our circumstances change. So if you are somebody who's burnt out, yes, I want you to move, but yes, I want you to stay away from the HIIT training. That's not going to work for you. So it's really tuning into where you are and where you want to go. So that's kind of just a, a an overarching theme. Well, so it's, diet so ex- it's, yeah, important for, it's important for that because so much of us are running a program of what we think makes us healthy and we've completely disconnected from our bodies. So I just want to pull out and highlight what you just said, that if you are struggling with overwhelm and burnout, hit and CrossFit and all of these high intensity exercises are actually working against you, Mm. making things worse and not better. And I know I struggled to understand that. I was a marathon runner and a strong, (laughs) staunch, 100% vegan. And, you know, I'm ride or die with those beliefs right up until I almost died. I mean, it wasn't working. And so now to live from a place of intuition and allow my body to dictate what I need. It's scary to do that because we think our brains, we read the studies. Those of us that are science nerds, I read all the studies and I know all the Mm. stuff. And then in reality, my experience is not matching, you know, whoever guru or expert Mm. is saying I should do because I'm a 50 year old woman, not a 27 year old, you know, male or whatever. And so I really respect that. You were a marathon runner. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and that's and that's my whole thing is I was the seen as the healthy one, but mm-hmm. I didn't have a period for 10 years. What is that? Because I was just hammering my body so much, you know, in my 20s and my early 30s even, that 
I didn't get the sign from my body that I was desperately unhealthy. You know, our period is a sign of health. And now that I'm in my perimenopausal years, I'm like celebrating every time my period comes and like test, you know, checking the phase. But I think with all of these things, these messages that I share, they'll only land for somebody when they are willing to, or when they are able to receive them. So I think that's also important because I agree with you. I think the mindset stuff, the emotional regulation stuff, which I'll touch on in terms of the pillars, for me, that's only really kind of landed for me over the last, I'd say, year and a half because it's you understand the concepts and the theory, but it's actually embodying it and really practicing it on a daily basis is what gets you there. But you have to be in a place where you actually have almost optimized the things that are easy to optimize. The physical stuff is easier for people to do than the emotional stuff and the mindset stuff. So it's almost like you're going on this journey, which is why I think being coached continually is actually such an important thing. There's always ways to to up-level. So sorry, so I've gone on a tangent. So let me just go back to the holistic health pillars. Nutrition, exercise, stress management, which is so important for us women. You know, we become less resilient to stress as our hormones shift and change in midlife. And I don't think that women know how to do this well because we operate at this level of go that actually when we take a moment, we feel uncomfortable because we don't know how to be. So that's a huge piece of the puzzle that I work with with women on. Diet, exercise, stress management, toxicities. You know, you know this, we live in a toxic sludge. So it's supporting our detox pathways daily, doing protocols, understanding what your toxic load is, reducing exposure, rest. So practices to get into your parasympathetic nervous system like proactively calming the nervous system is another key strategy that I work with clients on I also partner with breathwork instructors to bring that element to my clients rest emotional balance so helping my clients with emotional regulation understanding their emotions And I also bring in other practitioners just to help with that side of things as well, because that's, I bring awareness, but I need, you know, deep experts to be able to support my clients in that space. Supplementation, the right supplementation, but I kind of bring that in at the end, depending on where somebody's at, because I feel that so often people want to lean on the supplements as opposed to lean on the lifestyle and use them as supplementary. So It's really, let's get your lifestyle right and then see where you have gaps. And then the final piece is your jam, the success mindset. So really focusing on the mindset. And, you know, the evolution of my coaching practice is that I now actually start everything with that. I want them with the right mindset to be able to adopt and carry their practices all the way through. So to me, that is holistic health the whole package that needs to be focused on not necessarily all at once because we can't do it all at once but just as people are ready to turn their attention to the different pillars that's when I work with them on those pillars. I I think it's so important to understand that the way we are conditioned to be in our culture is that there's a pill for that Mm. and that symptoms 
should be squashed, eliminated, be, so we can keep going and keep doing the things that are causing the symptoms. And I know for myself, this I still have to unravel that belief when I'm experiencing something and the hard truth is in front of me, like I shouldn't be doing this or I can't keep doing all of this. And to not reach for, whether it be a drug or whether it be a supplement, to, mm. to bridge the gap that actually is going to burn me out more is is truly where the rubber meets the road in terms of your commitment for health. Can you share one or a couple of your biggest mindset shifts, the success mindset that you're speaking to? Can you share a couple of the most common mindset shifts that have to be made that people are operating on and they don't realize it because it's kind of like the wallpaper, you know, it's just running in the background and you're using it to think and solve problems and not, <clears throat> excuse me, and not realizing how it's affecting you. Can you speak to commonality? Yeah. So for me, what I see most often is that women are like living in the lack they're living in this negative self talk so they are creating that as their reality so they are limiting their transformation because we've become our thoughts so like i see that so many women <clears throat> excuse me are so self-critical and all the way through the day they're shaming themselves for their body they're shaming themselves for not having the energy to play the way that they want to with their kids they are criticizing themselves for succumbing to the to the chocolate in the afternoon so for me what I see as the thing that's limiting women the most is how they are viewing themselves how they're talking to themselves and the other thing is not necessarily like knowing where they want to go to. Mm -hmm. So there's like that they keep in their programs of I'm not enough, I'm not doing enough, I'm not good enough. And then they stay stuck in that place because even if they try to move forward, they will always be brought back because we become our thoughts we become you know our actions are driven by our thoughts our actions and our behaviors so like what I work with women on is helping them to create this image of their future self so who do they want to step into what does she do how does she think what does she what does she wear not from an aesthetic standpoint but it's more from a, a self-confidence loving yourself like this is the woman who I want to be and then helping them on a daily basis bring themselves back to that very clear image yeah so when there is this negative chatter going on stopping it pushing it away like things different strategies work differently for different women you know the way that I'm coaching them is to set up their daily routine so that there are these checkpoints every single part of the day to bring themselves back to the woman that they're stepping into and starting to act from her place. Like she doesn't talk nasty to you. To, yeah. to you. She's your best friend. She's your biggest supporter. 
Yeah. So that is really where I see from a mindset standpoint that women are keeping themselves stuck by just being in this mindset of I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not. I'm sure you must see that as well with your clients yeah. too. I love what you said about setting in checkpoints. I just had a call with a client who had a baby later in life. So she has teenagers and a baby and she's struggling so much. And she was talking about how her me time isn't until the baby goes to bed at night. And I worked with her and I said, okay, I need five minutes from you. But like in 30 second intervals, like checkpoint throughout the day, stop, breathe, connect, because that's why you can't hold your breath for 18 hours and then expect not to, you know, drink the wine, eat the the junk food. Like you can't do that. And I think the biggest misconception is that this takes, you have to sit on a yoga mat and meditate all day when in fact, it's really just about regulating your nervous system in real time. And this mindset that I have to get all this done so that I can then relax is the problem, not the solution. What would it look like to walk through life from that relaxed state? To your point, I teach women also that your ideal self is not someone you will wake up and be the day you get everything right. Good luck because that's the day hell froze over and it's not going to go well. Yeah, And it's like you have to practice being her and bring her out more and more. You know, maybe you're her for five minutes and then tomorrow you're her for 10 minutes twice. And then you just practice being her mm. and then notice when you've slipped out, come back to center yes. and then start again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I think the starting point is that awareness of when you're acting like the woman you know want to be, you no longer want to be. Mm. And I think another another thing that I see with some of my clients is that there's this, all these shoulds. Mm-hmm. Things shouldn't be this way. This should not be happening. This should not XXX. And when that happens, we are resisting this current situation. So it's what I'm, you know, what I'm coaching them on is like, it is happening. What is the <laughs> lesson in this thing that's happening for you? And stop. Why is this happening for me? What is what do I need to recognize about this situation? Accept it and then choose your thoughts, your actions and your behaviors to help you move through it with grace and ease as best as you can. And I, you know, I agree with you. I've got a client who is just like her husband's been away a lot and she's just, you know, two young kids and she's just feeling totally spent I, I don't understand how everybody else is is, is you know managing things and blah. and I'm like okay let's just bring things back to you let's focus on exactly as you said like just grabbing a miniature a minute there and it doesn't have to look like how you've constructed it in your head to be it doesn't have to be an hour exercise session in the morning literally you know do 10 air squats you know yeah. when you can grab them for, for 10 minutes let's think creatively throw away how things should look and let's create what is possible for you in the current craziness of your life because otherwise you're going to keep on defaulting to these excuses of I have no time Mm -hmm. yeah all right so we're going to take an intermission with that and I invite you to do a little reflection with this episode what came up for you What questions do you have? 
what aha moments turned on in your brain? Where have you been telling yourself you don't have time? Because I'll tell you this thing about time. You don't have time to not be well. Like you have 24 hours in the day. You have the same amount of time as everybody else. But when we start telling ourselves these story that I will start taking care of myself when, or I can't take care of myself because, then we are giving away our power. And quite frankly, that is why if you are stuck in your life or if you have multiple complicated issues and you know that healing is going to take time, getting yourself a coach getting into the right coaching program so that you can set small daily and weekly goals and be measuring your progress to see where you're at and where you're going. That is the key to forward motion. It is magical and unrealistic thinking to keep telling yourself that things will change in the future when your life gets better. No, you have to make your life better today one degree, one small five minutes at a time, so that the future is not a trajectory of your past. You guys, change is hard. The only way to change is to move out of autopilot, to stop doing and thinking and feeling the same things you did, thought, and feel felt yesterday that have resulted in you being where you're at right now. It's uncomfortable, but it's not really any more uncomfortable than learning to eat with your left hand or learning to play a piano. You know, you don't sit down and play Beethoven. You got to start with doing the scales. You got to take lessons. You got to learn from somebody who knows more than you do. As you've now hopefully come to realize, or at least starting to be more open to the idea, when the problem is a mindset issue, you can't think your way out of a thinking problem. You have to do and experience and talk about and try again and continue to work at it as though you're actually capable and not just give up because, well, you know, I didn't get all the results I wanted in one day, one week, or one month, which means obviously it's not going to happen to me. That is the biggest problem that I've always had, still have. And as soon as I notice it, I'm like all over that, like stink on shit. Being able to realize when and where you are your own problem, which is like 99.9% of the time, being able to realize that means you are also the solution. I'll see you in part two.